Hello, and welcome once again to the Main Point Ministries podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Giles. And Tracy Giles. And this is part five of our lesson called Biblical Diet. Again, part five of our lesson called Biblical Diet. And I'd like to start off by saying a lot has been taught over the years regarding the subject of a biblical diet. This subject is important to Christians in particular because one of our highest goals is to honor God with our bodies. As the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Corinthians, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own? For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 And what better way of doing so than by discovering what God intends for us to eat? So, is there a right or a wrong way of eating as far as God is concerned? Does the Bible give us clear instruction in this area? Are we allowed to eat all things as long as we give thanks prior to its consumption? Let's seek to answer these and other questions, not by listening to the various voices in the Christian community, but by diligently searching the scriptures, as the Bereans did in the book of Acts, where it states, Now the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see if what Paul said was true. Acts 17.11 Speaking of Paul, we're going to start today getting into his letters as it relates to the subject of biblical diet, because a lot of his writings, in my opinion, have been <clears throat> misunderstood as it relates to this subject. So we're going to start today in 1 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to analyze the entire chapter of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. Here we have Paul the Apostle addressing the issue of whether it is okay to eat meat offered to idols. So first we're going to start with verses 1 through 3. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, puffs up but love edifies. And if anyone thinks that he knows anything, he knows nothing, yet as he ought to know. But if anyone loves God, this one is known by him. According to 1 Corinthians 8.1, what is the issue being discussed? Well, the issue being discussed is things that are offered, the consumption of things that are offered to idols. How many times is the word idol used in some form throughout the chapter? Well, if you analyze the text, the word idol is used seven times in some form, particularly in verse 1, verse 4, verse 7, and also verse 10. It's used seven times. And seven is the number of perfection, by the way, right? That's right. As we've learned in the past, what does it typically indicate when a word is repeated in a section of scripture? Well, typically it indicates that it's the main point of emphasis or that it's very important or that it's the main theme. It's just based, uh, one of the basic rules of uh, greeting and grammar is that things that are repeated are typically the main point. Next, we're going to look at verse 4 through 6 of 1 Corinthians 8. Therefore, concerning the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no other God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we for him and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we live. 
according to verse 4, what specifically is being offered to idols? Good question. <clears throat> the word offered, in my opinion, would be better rendered sacrifice here. Because the Greek word, which is Strong's G, 1494, erolothutos, means sacrifice to an idol. Now, why it's being translated as offered instead of sacrifice, who, who knows? But sacrifice would be a better word <clears throat> to use because that is how that word, that Greek word, is properly defined. So, in this instance, what is being offered, well, what is being sacrificed rather, to idols or animals and those animals meat is being used this is further supported by Paul's statement if you go down to verse 13 where he says therefore if food makes my brother stumble I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble now the New King James Version and many other translations use the word offered instead of sacrifice as I've stated which dilutes the meaning of this in my opinion because offerings are understood to be more general while sacrifice is more specific to the taking of a life because only living animals or people can be sacrificed to an idol if that makes sense mm -hmm. according to paul in verses four through six does the fact that meat may have been offered to an idol make any difference in regards to whether it is edible no not at all because according to paul an idol is just a figment of one's imagination anyway. Next we're going to look at verse 7 and 8 of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. However, there is not in everyone that knowledge. For some, with consciousness of the idol until now, eat it as a thing offered to an idol. And their conscience being weak is defiled. But food does not commend us to God. For neither if we eat are we the better nor if we do not eat are we the worse according to verse 7 what problem is this meat causing well eating it may offend some who believe it is wrong to do so so here in this church group or this church family or church congregation um, some felt like it was okay to eat it some felt like because even though it was offered to, to an idol some felt like you shouldn't eat it because it was offered to an idol the point is that uh, doing it, those who felt like it was okay, uh, you could offend some of your brothers and sisters in the church who feels like it's, it's wrong to do so. According to verse 8, does Paul agree with this sentiment? Um, no, he does not, because eating it, according to Paul, well, he doesn't agree with the sentiment that it's wrong to eat it. Um, he would agree that it's wrong to offend your brother, but he doesn't agree that it's wrong to eat it. He felt like it was okay. And this, this is because eating it doesn't affect your relationship with God in no shape, form, or fashion. However, it's very, very, very important to note that Paul is not addressing, addressing food in general. Okay, I can't stress that enough. He is not addressing food in general, even, the, even regardless of what our English Bible says. He is specifically addressing the issue of meat from animals that were previously used as offerings at the pagan temples and subsequently sold in the local meat markets. Even though the Greek word Strong's 1033, or G1033 Bromar, which denotes food items, is used here, Paul is specifically referring to meat from sacrificed animals as that certain food item. Again, this is further support, supported by Paul's statement in verse 13 where he says, Therefore, if food, broma, 
makes my brother stumble. I will never again eat meat, krios, lest I make my brother stumble. The word meat used in verse 13 is Strong's G2907, krios, which is clearly defined as the flesh of a sacrificed animal, basically butcher's meat, if you've ever been to a butcher's market. Now, the New King James Version and many other translations correctly use the word meat here, but the problem is the switching back and forth between Strong's 1033 Broma and Strong's 2907 Krias, which causes confusion. This is because one word, Strong's 1033 Broma, is more general when it says food. That's a very general term, while the other word, Strong's 2907 Krias, is more specific to meat. It would have been more beneficial, in my opinion, for the translators to simply use the word Krias 2907 throughout this whole section because using basic common sense, the readers would have known that Paul was referring to meat as it pertains to food, not food as it pertains to meat, if that makes sense. Next, we're going to look at verses 9 through 13 of 1 Corinthians chapter 8. But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to those who are weak. For if anyone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish, for whom Christ died? But when you thus sin against the brethren, and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat, lest I make my brother stumble. According to verse 9 through 13, what happens to our brother or sister when we disregard their feelings concerning the eating of meat offered to idols? Well, according to Paul, we become responsible for their sin if they are emboldened to eat it as well, contrary to their own conscience. Is there any specific mention in the text or the issue here being the eating of unclean animals as outlined in Leviticus 11 or Deuteronomy 14? Huh. Oh, that came out of left field. Uh, <laughs> no, not at all. There's no mention of that at all whatsoever in the text. <laughs> Since the eating of unclean animals, as outlined in Leviticus 11 or Deuteronomy 14, is not mentioned in the text, is it fair to assume that the meat spoken of here was from clean animals only? Oh, well, I guess if we're going to come out of the left field, we're going to play in the left field. Let me answer that. Um, that's an emphatic yes. It was clean animals only that Paul is referencing here. Paul would have only been referencing clean animals because Paul never once says anywhere in the text that God's dietary instructions in Leviticus 11 and Deuteronomy 14 no longer matter as it relates to the eating of meat. The only thing that matters to him according to the text, now we're looking at the text only, is whether the meat was from animals offered to idols. Plain and simple. Again, what is the core issue being discussed in this chapter? Okay, let's just get to the main point and let's just stay there, okay? If we're going to properly interpret sorry, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. The main point Paul is making to his audience is that they should be aware of how some Christians may be offended when other Christians eat meat from animals offered to idols, plain and simple, okay? With that being said, 
Okay, it's important to note that this chapter has nothing whatsoever to do with the eating of meat from unclean animals as outlined in Leviticus chapter 11 or Deuteronomy 14. I'm just going to get that out there just in case some may be thinking that. So with that being said, we're going to wrap up this particular podcast. Uh, Biblical Diet Part 5. Biblical Diet Part 5. This one was a little shorter than normal, um, but that's all we have. For today, I'm your host, Stephen Giles. And Tracy Giles. Stay tuned next week. We're going to release Biblical Diet Part 6, where we're going to get into Paul's further discussion of this subject of meat offered to idols in Chapter 10 of 1 Corinthians. Have a blessed one.